Hello, and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful planning the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have real couple Nikita and Carl Mantow. They'll share with us how they incorporated their Indian and Western traditions during their two-ceremony, 500-guest affair, and what they've learned from being a part of over 130 weddings. So thank you so much, Carl and Nikita, for being on the show today. Mm-hmm. We have to start with the proposal because we can't talk about the wedding until we know what Carl said and did on one knee to get you to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> There was a little pressure of 22,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the backstory, Nikita and I both worked for the Cleveland Cavaliers at the time. So, of course, we've always seen people that get engaged on the Jumbotron. And, you know, it's always random fans. But I wanted to do it there because not only did we work there, but that's how we met. And it meant something to us. So I wanted to tie that together. Plus, was our family there for how many hours you work in the sports world anyone that knows that it's just like other jobs too, but it's like many, many hours. So I felt like that was our family away from our personal family. And so for us to do it there, I think it really just hit the spot of something very close to us. And you know that during that time too, you were there. So So Nikita was on the the promotions team. So her and her team are the ones out there like throwing t-shirts and entertaining fans during timeouts. So a few weeks prior, I worked with her boss to set it up that during a timeout, she would be in a section throwing out fan packs to people (laughs) and the night of they told her that hey some sales reps of which i was a sales rep are going to be in that section just so the promotion goes well and it looks good on camera just give some of the bags to those sales reps standing there just to get it done and so time came to be i was standing right next to her and I'm like jumping for joy on the camera. And so she hands me a fan pack. And thankfully, we have the whole thing on video. You can see I take the fan Aww. pack and I just chuck it to the <laughs> side. And I'm like waving at the camera. And <laughs> Not knowing what's about to happen. No, and I got down on one knee and I opened the ring box. And I honestly didn't even get a chance to ask her. There were thousands yeah. of people cheering and fans are going nuts. And she just put her hands over her mouth and started crying and gave me a head nod. And then funny thing, too, on the videos, I didn't take the ring out and give it to her. I just put it back in his box. He shut it, and then he just hugged me. And I was like, okay, I guess we got to hug it out now. Yeah. Camera. Oh, that's great. The quick side story, though, the funny thing is that the biggest argument we have ever had in the entire history of our relationship was the day before. Oh, my gosh. Because she had the where is this relationship going fight with me and I'm like I know I'm proposing tomorrow but oh. I can't show my hand so I had to act the whole way through the yeah, argument I don't know if you knew that story and like, Leah. no we're making great progress I like where we are we let's just go, stay in we there we were supposed to go look at rings and I, I knew the jeweler <laughs> and so he was going to do some setting and trial settings with us and he kept blowing it off so I was more like where the heck is this guy going with this? I'm getting a point now that you won't even make an appointment to go do this. Oh. Or here he was doing it all behind my back. Little did I know. So he played out a full-on argument. Yeah. So and then, I was taken off guard when yeah. it actually happened. <laughs> and then 10 seconds after I proposed, we are on this platform in the arena. Fans are cheering, coming up to us, congratulating us. This strange guy walks up. He goes, are you Carl? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm the jeweler that made your ring. 
Yeah. Oh. And he's like, I knew your name and I knew you worked for the Cavs. I had no idea you'd be doing it at a game. And I had no idea I would be sitting three rows in front of where it yeah, happened. Section, yeah. So we got a picture with that guy. I'm like, <laughs> thanks, man. You did a and good it's job. on video. What a yep. memory. Yeah. Yep. That was the coolest thing is just capturing that. And it was a lot getting the ring leading up to that point. But I remember I was like, where's my family in the stand? And he's like, I forgot to request uh, tickets. I forgot to get them tickets to the game. <laughs> <laughs> no one was there. Had a lot on my mind. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was just everyone around us, all the players, like that night we went out and celebrated, and we saw them out and about, and they congratulated us because we were faces that were around there for a while, you know, and we were yeah. on the floor working, and he's after the game working around the players. It's, like we said, it's a family. So even to have from high end to low end to an usher to somebody, everyone was so engaged with our time together and meeting and it was just something special because it was a couple of years yeah. under our belt by that point. Yeah. Uh, okay. we and I got one more little side story related to the proposal. <laughs> so we've moved around and we've been married 13 years coming up here in a couple of weeks. And just a couple months ago, we were living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, nowhere near Cleveland, Ohio. And Nikita and her friends have a Cleveland Browns backers club in Milwaukee. And, I and run that. she helps yeah. run it. Well, we were watching a Browns game, and this guy was in town visiting on business. From and, Cleveland, so they drop in. If and he just looked it up online and saw this club, so he showed up to watch the game. And halfway through the game, you know, a complete stranger goes, okay, this is going to sound really weird, but did the two of you get engaged on the Jumbotron at a Cavs game, I don't know, like 10 years ago? And I'm like, I'm like yeah. Oh, listen, this is crazy, <laughs> what? You know? Yeah, and he remembered us. He remembers. us. He's like, I was a season ticket holder back then, and I remember seeing you guys around. And yeah. so that one stuck out to me because I was like, oh, two employees actually got engaged. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And That's yeah, so it was awesome. funny how he remembered. Like, well, he's also a six foot four American guy, and I'm a five foot two Hindu Indian girl. So it's like, <laughs> you don't see those, you know, as often. So it all kind of came together to him. And it was like, how random is this? But it yeah. just shows how small the world is and degrees of separation, the people around you. Yep. That's so great. Now, you just mentioned that Carl's is tall white guy from Milwaukee and you're just little <laughs> Indian girls. <laughs> yes. We're going to talk about how you merged your cultural heritage and background in a second. But since we're on the Cavs topic still, yes. tell us how you incorporated the Cavs into your wedding. Cause it wasn't just a proposal. You went all the way through. No, I, I guess what we could do is like how we met was that way. So we really wanted to be very traditional on the Indian side, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But then we also wanted to bring in a fun side to the whole wedding. And he had reached out to Dan Gilbert and said, you know, hey, we're the owner of the, the who's the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers and just said, hey, we'd like to incorporate some visual stuff of, you know, the print and things like that. And so he let us use any marketing thing that we needed. And we basically put together a tip-off program. So if you go to a basketball game, it has a bio on each player and like the head coach and things and everything written down. But we broke that down to like the referees were the officiants, the head coaches were our parents. We were the captains. Aww. My niece was the cheerleader. My nephews were the ball boys and the water boys. <laughs> and it was cool because we pulled it all together to make it feel like a wedding program, but it still had all our yeah. bridal party in there with their bios and everything. Yeah. And then we also did well, um, other elements. All the table numbers were Cavaliers jerseys with a table number on oh, it. Oh, very cool. And then we got a, everybody got a game ticket that was on their plate. 
And instead of actually getting a favor, we made a huge donation to the American Cancer Society. So oh. it looked like an actual game ticket you got. And it just said on there that we were donating to the American Cancer Society. That's a and wonderful then, idea. Amad, who's the announcer for the Cleveland Cavaliers, he announced us in like a starting lineup. And then we had a very big wedding, but we had about 500 rally towels. So when we were announced in like a starting lineup, it had our <laughs> wedding logo on it. And we all had 500. So the, yeah, the head graphic guy for the... Cavaliers who had designed the Cavaliers playoff logo, he designed a wedding, wedding logo, logo for us and we had rally Very towels cool. made. Yeah. So everyone's waving these white towels. So and it then, felt like a game night, you know? Yeah. Was, like, was the mascot and scream team also involved? Moondog was not able to make he it. He couldn't no. make it because the scream team, <laughs> I think, had tryouts that day. So. Yeah. <laughs> See, the things you remember. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's why some people came later and earlier and, you know, Mod came at a certain time. Yeah. But it was the only wedding that I think because we both have worked in sports and I used to work for the Indians too. It's like every professional mascot was invited to our wedding not all <laughs> but it was funny that we had the indians the browns chump and slider and the cleveland cavaliers so it's just funny how all the mascots were yeah. <laughs> that's <invited>. so great <laughs> well so. now let's talk about your indian heritage like what are some of the traditions for people that may not be familiar well i'm hindu so besides just the indian culture the Hindu culture does very some things that are different than other parts of the Indian culture. So and there's so many different types of so wedding ceremonies across India, you know, yeah. just like there oh, is across yeah. America. And it's like you can go to a wedding in India and it could be a four to six hour long ceremony. And then there's a ceremony where they do at the bride's house and then they do a ceremony at the groom's house. So basically it's like five days long, five days long. Yeah. Of ceremony. <laughs> well, we need the abbreviated like cliff version of this, you know, because you know, you try to take advantage of a long weekend and you have friends coming in from out of town and family coming from other countries and India. So we try to consolidate everything in a one day. And it was a 16 <laughs> hour long day that started with so much going on. But we try to do a couple things that kind of carry some tradition where like the groom meets up with the bride family in the beginning and he came in on a white horse and his family came dancing in a procession and my family was at the doorway and they kind of do a blessing and greet him oh. as like to welcome them to the family. So my mom will be there waiting to greet him and his parents are behind him and family. And I'm still hidden at this point, but my family's behind my mother and they do a blessing to welcome him. And then after he goes in and gets situated, they do a small ceremony up there. But then I got carried in on a chariot. Instead of exchanging rings, we believe in exchanging garlands. It was fresh flowers. This thing weighed like 20 pounds it on my neck. They choke them in water. And really? Like, string, I had a, I had a the string is just neck, digging into my neck the whole ceremony. It, it looks beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, on yeah, the pictures. It beautiful. <laughs> There's a hanging in my house. It's like 10 moves. But yeah, those things are there. And then um, we do a thing where we light a fire um, in the Hindu culture. And you walk around the fire four times. Three times the bride will lead the groom around. And then the fourth time, the groom will leave. It just shows that we're both capable of leadership and being, oh, okay. we're, we're in the relationship together. We can both take the lead at any point. But it's like, you know, I'm coming from my parents and all this, where he's now coming in as the male who's caring for me. And then there's another ceremony where we do where we're, there's little like piles of certain beetle nut and rice. And we touch our toes at the same time to each pile. And basically each time it's a vow and we do seven of those. We had an American Indian priest. So it was really cool because he would do it in the Sanskrit, the old Indian language, and then he would explain it in English. So it was really nice that oh, all our great. guests got a way to really experience and understand 
what was going but on. But each of these seven vows had a different meaning, and they all culminated, meaning like lifelong devotion to one another. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, yeah. he would make us repeat what he was saying in Sanskrit. I have no idea what he's saying, yeah. but it was beautiful. And at, at one point, like her dad just looks over to me during the summer. He's like, do you have any idea what's going on? I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, neither do we. It's okay. Yeah. Now, did you start with the Hindu ceremony or did you start with the more westernized with you in the white dress? Because you did both, correct? We knew that night was going to like devolve, if you will. So like, <laughs> let's do the, the proper, respectful Hindu ceremony in the morning. And then we went into like a non-denominational like American vow ceremony. And then the Cavaliers theme kicked in and the dancing and celebration Reception. went but on. But it was one of those things where it's like an Indian bride takes like about two hours plus to get ready. Can you tell us a little bit about that process though? Yeah. So it's like the sari is like eight yards of material that it takes to wrap and they put two on you on your wedding day for symbolism and stuff like that. So, I mean, just getting wrapped up in that and getting 800 pins and, you know, by the time they do that, as well as you get henna done like two days before, which is the design they do on the hand that shows up in color. And your feet were done too, your my legs. Feet, your legs up and like your arms are done. And so it's like you do all that and you have two women putting on jewelry, like bracelets all the way up. So it takes like two hours plus to get ready when you're doing everything. And my alarm went off at 3.30 in the morning and 5 oh my a.m. Gosh. started hair and makeup because our ceremony was from 10 to 12, I think. Yeah. I guess I was most bummed because I felt, you feel so beautiful as like an Indian bride. You know, you're decked out in jewelry that like- Vibrant was my, colors. Yeah, we don't wear black really at weddings just because we always wear a color and you usually don't wear black because it's like a little bit of a bad luck thing. So mm-hmm. you'll notice besides men wearing suits, it's very vibrant and bright colors if you ever see pictures of an Indian wedding. and. So it's like you pull all this together. It's like I just wish I could have been longer in the Indian outfit, but it was like, we got to go. So it's like after I'm done, I'm like, oh, we took a few pictures. Like, all right, American dress. You got to go take the photos in the limo bus, and then you're going to meet everybody back. It goes, it goes, it goes. So, you know, it's just a symbolism of beauty and just vibrant and jewelry that's been passed on. Is that part of the tradition, though? It is because a lot of things, it's like, you know, when you get married, you get sets of jewelry sometime in the Indian culture, not so much a toaster or a blender, you know, it's like, <laughs> you're not registering for and that. It's a great but, gift um, to get. <laughs> exactly. But it's like a lot of the family members join in together and get you like a nice necklace and bracelet and earring, or they got him a watch. One tradition I really think is cool, and I don't know if it's Hindu, Indian, I don't know what it is, but... <laughs> Once you get your wedding sari, you then wear that same sari to all family weddings. So her yeah. mom, her sisters, they were all wearing their wedding saris at our wedding. Yeah. So you get more than one use out of an outfit. But it is beautiful to see. Like, And it's usually the same color, but they'll all have different designs. So you kind of Ours see, like, wow, who's part of the family and why wow. are they here? And different prints are like, that's from like even subculture of our Hindu culture. They wear a certain print type of sari. So it's like a red dotted tie dye almost that looks out. It looks like beads almost, but it's that. And then the border is a little bit different. But all the women in my family that are close, anytime you go to another close Indian wedding, you kind of wear your same wedding. Sorry, if it's a close family member. So just to see, like my sisters, my mom still has hers. I've been able to wear it to a couple cousins' wedding. And when do you ever get to wear your wedding dress again? You know what I mean? Right. Unless you renew vows or something. So you get use out of it, which is <laughs> that's a really cool special thing that you get to do carry on, you know. Now, when you slipped out of the sari into the white traditional Americanized wedding dress, yeah. what was that experience like for you? Fast. It was, <laughs> it was 
quick, but you know, Carl was very open and not very religious, so he was fine not even doing a vow ceremony, but being born and raised in America, like I've become very Americanized and it's a culture that I am very proud to be an American and a proud to be a part of something really special and how you see ceremonies, not so much a Christian or a Catholic ceremony, but you know, the part right. that really warmed me was in an Indian ceremony. It's not like the dad walks you down the aisle and gives you away. And I've always wanted to have that walk with my dad down the aisle. That was something kind of like how, you know, American girls grow up saying, I want my dad to walk me down yeah. the aisle and give me away. And he was like, we could just do the Hindu ceremony. I'm like, I am wanting my dad to walk me down the aisle. Like, out here, I get a $10 dress. Like, and it was at the hall we had it at. The hall holds 800 to 1,000 people. And it was like one of the longest walks. And I was like, that <laughs> was soak up every like, moment? Yeah. It was something, one of the most emotional and special moments for me. Because I wanted my dad to give me away. And that was something I will truly truly but remember the transition was fast because we finished the hindu ceremony and the priest went 45 minutes longer than we had asked him to go so we were already behind indian standard time they always go long and in, between, <laughs> in between the two ceremonies we took our pictures yeah. so oh, yeah. quick ran into the bathroom got changed in her white dress they had me stand outside the bathroom so we could do the reveal and i got like, to see her hey. hey here's your white dress great get on the, get bus. On the bus let's go yeah, like her photos. so we actually drove to quick and lawns arena where the cavaliers yeah. play and we took pictures the cavaliers court wasn't down during the summer but All their right. practice court was there so we took pictures on the practice court we took pictures in their offices you yeah. know, just to bring it home to us. They have a huge yeah. staircase in the office. Leah, if you remember, with all the jerseys, our bridal Very party. Very cool. And we were down in the yes. center. And then, we, then we took pictures down on Lake Erie. We both lived in an apartment building on the shore. So we took some quick photos there, <laughs> hopped in the car, and got back to the hall for the second ceremony. Yeah. Oh, my and gosh. And when we got to the second ceremony, we actually None. went right into the vow ceremony. I'm yeah. sorry. And then right after the vow ceremony was cocktail hour, and people got to get drinks and mingle while they did a receiving line. And all our friends, it was so funny because... We initially had a 900-person guest list because I like talking to people, and <laughs> 73 were Carl's, um, but, <laughs> and, but it ended up being about 500-plus. About 500 people showed. showed up. Wow. And so all of our friends that we saw on a regular basis, they're like, congrats, we'll just talk to you later. Like, we're not going to get in the line. I'm like, yeah, don't worry, don't worry. You know, let's keep it going. And literally, right when things wrapped up from the receiving line, Ahmad was already starting to announce because we were behind by like 10 minutes, but we were still pretty good. I ran in the back. Oh I had a cousin back there bustle me with one hook, and then they announced us in starting lineup, and we came in. And, and I had fun. Yeah. He yeah. does have a fun Star Wars side of himself, yeah, we'll and they made that. a fun lightsaber <laughs> tunnel for him. Oh, you know? very cool. Yeah. And Han Solo and Princess Leia were on the top of our wedding cake, yes. I still had my original... Action right. figures from 1977 of Han Solo and Princess Leia. So I glued their Aww. hands together, and that was our wedding topper. He's like, this is all I want. This is yeah. my horse. I'm like, all right. Yeah, I got, I got my horse. I got my Star Wars. She got everything up. So <laughs> that's the secret of a good marriage. So I have to ask, though, because I know when I got married, the most stressful thing to me, and still is, even though the wedding's been over a year, I still have anxiety mm -hmm. over the guest list. Because we didn't want to have a huge wedding, but we also had to watch a budget. So yeah. it was with us a hundred people. Hmm. Watching a budget. <laughs> What's that like here? With us was a hundred people. <laughs> you made it to nine hundred invitees. How did you that narrow was, it down to that? That was just the first list. If I can say, and I do wedding planning on the side for fun, just for people I know, but honestly, like that I feel is the most stressful situation because I think you really gotta sit down and think who are people that you care about that are there for you that you feel like 
have shed light on you guys, somebody that you want there. But at the same time, it's really hard because life does change and put you in different directions. And so with us both working for the Cavaliers, it was kind of like, well, he was in a totally sales side of things where I was more game operations side. So that kind of included the whole flipping office. And I got to the <laughs> point where I knew people knew us and I just said, we're just inviting them all because I feel like then it, people will know who would want to come and who didn't. I told her we have a budget for maybe 200. Um, <laughs> I said, well, then you add in all the Indian relatives. That's we're, I'm like, we're, I'm willing to go into debt a little bit. And then she just kind of kept it hidden from me as to how many invites actually went out. <laughs> but we got a printed in India way cheaper. So it's like we kind of a little. Yeah. <laughs> Two. Smart, Nikita. <laughs> just just bring it every way you found a way to make it cheaper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, lots of ways. Yeah, we did our own centerpieces. We made our own table signs. You know, we I created the program. program. Everywhere we could save money because with a guest list that big, it was yeah. super expensive. We did... And my sister also got married right. at the same place, so my dad's like, can I get a third daughter discount here? This <laughs> yeah. is the third one. Like, and, <laughs> you know, we just did, like, rail house liquor for everybody, mm-hmm. but her Indian friends drink Johnny Walker Black like it's water. So <laughs> we knew if we had Johnny Walker Black on open bar, like, we would be run out of house and home. Oh, so yeah. We, just, we bought <laughs> bottles and just had the bottles delivered to their tables yeah. and said, enjoy <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, we had two different caterers. We had the hall caterer, which was more like an Americanized meal, and then we had an Indian uh, restaurant cater. Also. And that was amazing to me because I grew up in the most white, sheltered, non, you know, diverse community in the world. <laughs> and so for my family, a lot of them is the first time ever eating Indian food. And yeah. it was, I loved it, watching them interact with her relatives and asking, what is that? What does it taste like? Well, even on our, get, on our invite, you know how people say, oh, you can go American or you can do vegetarian or whatever. Ours right. was, do you want American? Because it was a buffet style. But do you want American? Do you want Indian? Or do you want both? Because there was a table we made that kind of had the chicken marsala and the potatoes, the basic, but then we put some basic Indian dishes on there because a lot of our American friends wanted to try. And yeah. you don't want to have a buffet, wedding planning wise, where everyone oh, I want to just try a little Indian food and then your Indian food is gone. Right. <laughs> so you have to think of those numbers and the coordinating of that stuff, you know. Well, I love and, it because that was the way that blended culture. Like when we started the wedding reception, we did a couple traditional Indian dances. And one of them is like, you get two sticks and it's a choreographed line dance. And we handed them out to everybody. And just to see like like my mom, who I've never seen her dance, let alone she wore a sari that day and she embraced it. And to see them out there dancing and having such a wonderful time, it was beautiful. I loved it. Did the families, both of your families, did it seem like they were open to the blending of the cultures from the get-go with the wedding planning? Or was it baby steps for some? Like just on my experience, very much so. Like I have two older sisters that both married American gentlemen that my dad and mom brought us up in this country. And as what we believe is we were brought to this country because it's a melting pot. And my dad came here for a dream and a vision. And he's always been very supportive. He did not care what nationality, culture, heritage that anybody came from. My dad's like, you know, I just want to know one day that you're in good hands, that you're taken care of and you're loved for. And they were just beyond ecstatic, and I never felt that issue. And his parents were very much, yeah, you know, open they, to it and embraced they, they it. embraced all of it with open arms. It was yeah. great. Yeah, and when you look at that thing, it's like, you know, I have friends, you know, Sally, that are from cultural of Indian things that are in America that their parents are like, no, you have to, you have to. And it's like, 
my dad's like, there are like three Indians that were living in outside of town where we grew up in at the time. And you got to find your happiness. Life's too short and you got to follow your heart. And at the end of the day, you just want to be taken care of and yeah. you know, a great future together. Like leading up to the ceremony, I, I had candidly asked her father, I'm like, you know, is there any hesitation? Because she is your last daughter to get married and the last hope to, you know, quote unquote, marry another Indian guy. Yeah. And he straight up told me, it was Carl, all I've ever wanted is for my daughters to find happiness and you make her happy. Aww. And yeah. it was beautiful. It's, it is beautiful. They've been very, and we've been, like my parents will tell you anytime you talk to them, that they've been blessed with wonderful families that me and my sisters have married as well as the in-laws. It's been a very blessing thing to have that just how far it grows on all three, me and my sisters. We've had great families we've been married into. Yeah. So... So you had mentioned to me prior to this interview that you have collectively, at least in the, what, 17 years you've been together, have been a part of at least 130 weddings. And that's probably a low number, technically, especially all the weddings that Nikita's helped plan and been a part of. And this could be a whole other episode. But just to kind of break it down, what is the biggest piece of advice and the biggest takeaway you've learned from being a part of all of these different weddings. One thing I tell every bride and groom, like when they get married, I said, your day is going to go quick. And I say, the best advice I can tell you is at some point of the evening when the reception's going on, the dancing and everyone's there, grab your husband, have 10 minutes or 15 minutes where you two can just ask each other, like, how's your day going? How is it going? And take that moment to look around and see all the centerpieces and the table settings and all that stuff, you know, the buffet, the food, the desserts, all that stuff. Just take a moment to take it in where no one can bother you and just look over the whole room. And the event that people show up to that care about you the most is your wedding. You know, birthday parties come and go and things like that. But a wedding is something so special that look at everyone that's on that dance floor or sitting at a table. Those are the people that love you the most to see a grandparent that's there witnessing it and anything like that. A lot of brides have told me, wow, we did that. And it's like, yeah. you got to connect with them one moment without somebody or a girl being around <laughs> you or a groomsman. And it was cool. And then obviously leading up to the wedding, like anything, organization. Nikita was the master of like having different checklists. <laughs> and like, uh, where are we at in the planning process and checking things off as we go along. And then keeping each other in check because it does get stressful for us. For example, like that was the year the Cleveland Cavaliers went to the finals. So normally your season ends in April. Well, the calf season did not end until mid-June. We got married in July. So all that planning time we thought we were going to get, we yeah. didn't get. Yeah. We were up to like midnight every night the month leading up to it. But like we would just check in on each other. How are you doing? What do you need me to do? Yeah. You take a break. I, I was still this. living at home with my parents. So we weren't living oh, wow. I have Indian parents and we don't really leave the house till you're ready to. <laughs> so I was 29 years old still living at home and he lived on his own. And you just got to come together. But at the same time, like, look at the main reason you're coming together to do this, yeah. you know, and Stress is going to be there. That's with anything you're planning big. But talk to each other. Communicate. Don't just raise your voice. Bring up the issues or how are you doing? What is stressing you out right now? He would ask me. I would tell him. And you got to reset again, you know? And, and hey, guys, get involved, right? Yes. This, yes. Is your, this is your day, too. And it frustrates, you know, a lot out of me when I hear, like, oh, no, she's taking care of everything. I just got to show up that day. I'm like, Yeah, and I got the no. floor for the, you know, limo bus. That, that's <laughs> Job. No, that's right. You're supposed. It's supposed to be a partnership, a union, a relationship. Like this is your day to play yeah. a part. 
And you have your bridal party for a good reason. So what we always do when we go to weddings, we make sure <laughs> we find out what the bride and groom are drinking. And the entire night, our job is always to make sure their hands are never empty. And they always have a drink. So if it's a white uh, wine great and the idea. Down, takes a picture, I just walk by and I'm like, here you go. Keep walking. He'll pass the groom. Here's your drink. Keep talking. That's such a great point. Well, that's yeah, the advice. Bridal I, party. Yeah, we'll give know. to the bridal party too. Like, because especially on the guy's side, let's be honest. You got the best man. He gives a speech. None of the other guys do anything. Except for the day before. <laughs> like, they rent a suit. They stand there. They don't do anything. So nominate two or three of them. Oh, they brought up the limo bus. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> they put ice on <laughs> You know, we use a colorful term. We all use, they are your drink getters for the night. Yeah. Like, yeah. set your drink down, take a picture with your aunt, with your uncle, and then you yeah. never get back to it. So, we put, just walk put them by. Away. We're like in a trance. We're like, here you go. And they just keep walking. And they, they're just <laughs> like, you know, and you just do that. And it turns into a lot, you know. And with our one more thing about our Indian culture is we really believe in feeding and taking care of everybody. So, like, the night before we had a catered event for all the people coming in from out of town. So it was like a 250-person 200, catered event at a hall. The day, people, before, the day before, 500 person. Oh, gosh. So people are just coming in from the airport before they went to the hotel. It's like, here, just come, eat dinner, and then you can go to your hotel. And then the day after, before they go back to the airport, we went to my sister's house, and they catered, and they did these Indian crepes and all that, and there was a catering company that came out. So that was about 150 people. So it's like, yeah. that was my biggest stress leading up to the wedding. I think it was planning how many people are going to be there the day before and the menu the day after. So it's like, it goes beyond Indian just culture. one day. Yeah. We yeah. feed you like, that's the thing, but it's the Indian culture can go very long. Well, then we had we kind of made it special. Like, it was about like 10 of our relatives that came from India. Some of them never been to America. So they came for months. Yeah. So a month after the wedding, they were still here. So every day for a month after we got married, we had to go to her parents' house for and, dinner. and entertain the relatives. Oh, wow. So we didn't get to, quote, start our real marriage yeah. for a while. But <laughs> I, were, loved, I loved they, every second. And they lived with us like a month and a half, two months before the wedding at my parents' house. So oh, gosh. That added stress, too. But I loved it. Love her family. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that's like you're still entertaining all these people. Yeah. So but, I had to ask, how yeah. long after the wedding – did you go to Mumbai and do your second reception? We got married July of 07 and we went January of 08 because he gets a break during that time with basketball because they're on the West Coast road trip for about a week and a half. And then we combine that with it's better rates that time of year. It's after the holidays. So yeah. Not Be- a lot of better weather are going. too. It's a little cooler temperature. So we went the January of 2008. So and then just- you just did a traditional Hindu wedding there for other family members we didn't do any wedding i just told them we have just you know we're just doing a small little family dinner and he's like well how many i'm like well it's just family it's just immediate <laughs> we can't even invite the friends of india just 200 people but it was just like, 200 you know, people 200 people yeah. came to that immediate yeah family, so <laughs> immediate like, family that's yeah. so yeah. great so <laughs> final question for our couples listening that are having their own intercultural interfaith What's your biggest advice to them about blending of families when you have two different cultures or religious backgrounds? One thing that I can say that we've really done with my brother-in-law and the families is we've invited them over to show them what the ceremony entails. It's like, just educate your family because you want this merch to be special. Like, find that time to get together. We took his dad to like an Indian restaurant for the first time. You know, it's like, yeah, let them experience a little bit, but also let them get to know you because it makes that day much more beautiful when the families are both backing you up. Even if they don't know what's going on, it's a really cool thing to see them like 
that's, come together. That's my take too. I mean, love is love, right? It, love doesn't care where you're from. It doesn't care what your religion is or your ethnicity. There's a reason you found each other and you want to spend your time with each other. And if you can share that with your families and get them to understand why, and as long as they can be open, it means everything. And you, you know, it, it could change your life in ways you never thought imaginable. And or you'll do things you'll never, yeah. do. like to, him to walk the Taj Mahal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Did he ever think that growing up in Wisconsin, he would ever have that? <laughs> yeah. It's like stuff like that. And you just you, never know. I, I think if you approach it like that, all the fact that it's different cultures, that all goes away really yeah, quickly. Yeah. And you get back to just being human beings that enjoy each other's company. And I'll add in one more thing, because I've dealt with weddings where the parents aren't supportive of mm. the cultures that are merging. And it's not saying you don't want to respect your parents or you respect your families. This is my own opinion, but I just really feel like life is short and there's time where you have to live with that person every day, day out. And like I said, in time, the whole cultural side thing, it just kind of, you know, it's big in the wedding time, but it goes to where you live your own lives. Yeah. And I just tell people, because I know some people that have broken off relationships just because they decide, ah, I don't want to deal with my parents because they're just not for it. But, you know, at the end of the day, life is short. And sadly, our parents aren't going to live forever. But you have to be happy every day of your life. And that's why my dad's like, I just need to know that you're in good hands when I pass. Like, you are going to be taken care of. And that's what I need to know and see to have my blessing over whatever. So for some people, I know parents that have come around later, but not leading up to it. Just go in that day knowing you've done everything you can to try to pull the families together. And sometimes not everyone will be on board, but you go through and you share that day with that person because that's the one you're spending the rest of your life with. So that I think is well, something to remember because sadly that is a case sometimes. It's not always respected in the beginning, but a lot of people have come around and then realize, oh, this is something really cool. So. Well, thank you so much, Nikita and Carl. That was oh, such great advice you, and so fun hearing your story and sharing all of your experiences. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Anytime. And it's great to have you as a friend. And I know you really walked the, the walk with us with this whole journey. So I'm glad you even reached out to us because if anybody, I'd love to share this with you, you know. Mm-hmm. I love you guys. So, love we you love too. you too, Leah. Thank you, Leah. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a second, please rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineers Sean Rule Hoffman and Declan Roars. Don't forget to enjoy the journey.